Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to continue in the fifth chapter of the book of Mark with verses 1 through 20. We were here last week, and Pastor Jim is going to park here in this passage for this week and one more in order to chew on various important lessons that we should take from these verses. Jesus encounters here the demon-possessed man as he gets out of the boat in the country of the Gerasenes. Now, we're not as familiar with the phenomenon of demon possession in our present time and culture, but they are still very real, and they are still at work opposing God and Christians. So, that being true, we would do well to know how they operate. Just as it's generally a good idea to study the opposing football team's strategies before you step onto the field with them. We'll take a deeper look at this encounter Jesus had with a legion of demons and what it means for us today as you follow along this week. Here is today's portion of the message entitled, Jesus' Power Over Demons, Part 2. So, these demons make a very special plea. It's bizarre. I think that's the official word for it. It's nothing we would ever think of. Verses 11 through 13. Now, there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Is that bizarre or what? Now, what can we make of this? I think there's some observations that are helpful. One thing we can know is that this clearly took place in Gentile territory. Jews didn't raise pigs because... Under the Mosaic law, pigs were unclean animals, and Jews were forbidden to eat pork up until uh, that law was specifically rescinded in Acts chapter 11. We also see here that, this is one of several passages that teach this, demons can do nothing unless God permits it. They had to ask Jesus for permission, and it specifically says Jesus granted permission. That's an interesting detail to add if it's not something we're supposed to learn from. Remember how Satan had to have God's permission to go after Job? There are a lot of people who uh, believe more mythology than they do theology, and uh, with that... There's a lot of false teaching that, that makes it look like God and Satan are essentially equal and opposite enemies locked in this eternal battle for supremacy. Now, there is a battle between God and Satan. Don't, don't question that for a moment. But it's not a battle of equals. 
Satan is an angel. He was created directly by God and he is subject to the righteous judgment of God. This legion of demons, though they were under Satan, they could do absolutely nothing until Jesus gave them permission. Now you might want to say, um, Jesus, why would you do that? Wouldn't the world be a, a better place with several thousand fewer demons in it? And here's a chance to send a whole flock of them to the abyss all at once. And you let them go free. Well, the fact that Jesus did not dispatch these demons to the abyss means, or means, and He didn't even send them out of the country, that means that God has a purpose for leaving them in the world for now. You see, letting evil run its course, that's part of the plan of God through which He will eventually fully showcase His glory. It has always amazed me. And I remember specifically sitting at my desk one day when I was reading something back in my seminary days. And if there had been a light bulb in the room that wasn't lit, it would have gone off with the electricity that, that came out of my head or the light bulb would have been over my head. And I realized about the sovereignty of God, He is sovereign, fully in control, even in the midst of a sin-cursed world. Isn't that astounding? That is, well, it, it'll give, make your brain overheat enough to light a light bulb. God is glorified by demonstrating His grace in the face of sin, by demonstrating His power in the face of enemies, by demonstrating His mercy in the face of the unrighteousness of the world, in demonstrating His love for men, in redeeming those who believe even while this world continues under the curse. God is glorified by letting this play out. This isn't the last chapter of the story, mind you, but God is going to get glory. In the meantime, would you understand that in the midst of this, in God's glorious sovereign majesty, God is able to use sin sinlessly? He is able to use the actions even of these demons, even when evil people, including those who are under the direct control of evil unclean spirits and they do evil things, even in the midst of that, God is able to use it all for His plan. Like Romans 8.28 says, He causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. We understand that He absolutely is in control. Like when Joseph confronted his brothers after all the horrible things they had done to him. And he said, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. You see, God can even use sin sinlessly. Let that sink in a little while. And your brain will overheat, I promise, if you think about that very on, very, very long. Now, you might not like that part of the plan right now as you understand it. But that's because right now we see it only dimly. And we see through the thick veil of our own 
sinfulness and through our, our finite minds and the fact that we dwell in a sin-cursed world that thinks all sideways. But once we see the outcome in eternity, we're going to do nothing but praise God for His infinite majesty and His glory and His goodness through all this. Now, what a scene that is. All the demons left the two men, entered into this gigantic herd of pigs, and all the pigs rushed down the bank and were drowned in the Sea of Galilee. Over the years, I've, I've heard three possible theological explanations for that part of this. One is that this might have been the inspiration for deviled ham. Could have been invented then. Um, some have said, no, it was a case of suicide. Or it was just one giant swine dive. Now, there's a risk there. Okay, I, I, I woke up a couple of you when somebody next to you chuckled. Uh, there's a risk in that. You'll go home and you'll remember that. Please promise me when you repeat that, you also tell the rest of the story and who it's about and who the hero of it is. Now, now why do this? Well, that's a legitimate question. There's not a specific explanation in Matthew or Mark or Luke, but again, we can make some observations. Uh, the text doesn't say it per se, but we can tell that by the death of the pigs, it makes it obvious that the demons were set free to continue their evil practices elsewhere. You might not like that part, as I said, but it's true. Another possible reason is that the dramatic demise of the pigs shows for sure that the demons left the men. It was a clear demonstration of the power of Jesus over the powers of darkness. And, and by the way, it also shows in what they did to the pigs the destructive nature of the demons. Now, a herd of pigs that large, in a place as small as that little coastal village of Garasa, means it was probably a collective effort of many people. It might have been the whole village economy based upon exporting pork. That's a lot of pigs. I'm not sure there were 2,000 people in the in the whole city. So the death of that whole herd was potentially disastrous to the local economy. But that's perfectly in line with Satan's attitude toward people and toward things that matter to people. And all the better if they could do something really destructive and pin the blame on Jesus as if it was his fault. But don't let yourself get sidetracked by worrying about the pigs or their owners, the most important point is the spectacular evidence that Jesus has absolute power over Satan and his demons. Now, the rest of this incident records two reactions to what happened. We'll only get to one of them this morning, but you might think that logically an event like this would lead to a great outbreak of faith among these Gentiles in the region of Gerasa and Gadara. Maybe, maybe it would be like the way all of Nineveh repented when Jonah went there. 
Ah, but that wasn't the case. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.